episode, you are going to get to hear an interview from a brain health summit we did, where we discussed brain functioning, thoughts, feelings, and the unconscious, your mind, the brain in action, thoughts, hormones, and tips on learning cycles and mind rest, and how to be present in the process of life. Our health segment will include how your gut impacts your brain health and the beginnings of the gut-brain access. Thank you so much for creating space for us and enjoy the journey into the recesses of your brain. One concept that you could really build upon that you felt could really help people understand why we're here even doing what we're doing or launching this Brain Health Summit, what would that be? I think, you know, if, if we make the unfamiliar super familiar by completely tuning to your inner state of being and try to understand how your brain works, because the moment you know how your brain works, you can work your brain. And there's so much amazingness behind that philosophy that, you know, so many people become the victim of so many illnesses, so many diseases, purely because there's no proper understanding of how the brain works. But you don't have to become a neuroscientist or whatever it takes to know the brain. But if you have a basic foundation that you understand, this is the result because of my brain in action, I can change the level of mind I produce. And now I can become quiet and ask myself who I wanna be and what do I need to do then? And when you find the answers to that, it's not missing anymore. Then you can have life limitless, unlimited without any limitations. Most people are thinkers. Think, you know, when we think a thought, we create a specific neurochemical equivalent to the way we feel. And that becomes a, a hardware pattern downloaded in the brain. And when you think those thoughts over and over, and most of the time it's unconscious, not conscious. So you're not even aware of that. And the moment you become aware of this thoughts doesn't serve me, question my own thinking, metacognition, then you go completely different direction. Then you produce different feelings. You produce a different level of mind. And I personally believe from a, from a neuroscience point of view, the brain is the mind or the mind's the brain in action. When we have a certain thought, we create a certain level of mind. And with that, that mind comes certain feelings and behaviors. And, and that's how we perceive the world and circumstances. And that's how easily we can become the victim. But I believe in that regard, healing, uh, uh, meditation, blessing of the energy centers, the terminology, the vocabulary, the language people use is they perceive perception of life and perception is everything that determines our direction of life, how we perceive things and that's how we create our own limitations unconsciously. 90% of the time they live unconsciously because it's all programs. Your, your brain can't handle all the information, 100,000 experiences, 70,000 thoughts, so it just can't manage all those. So now it goes into the subconscious mind and now we live unconsciously. And my question always to people is, you know, how much of your life do you live through awareness, through actual consciousness? Because you live your life on automatic pilot. So how much do you change and how much do you evolve really? So true because now you start uncovering who you really are. You build your self-esteem. You overcome so much doubt and fear. Once you understand your brain, there's no way you'll ever question yourself because now you can take action upon. There's no need for any other stimulus. It's not anxiety. It's maybe something else that happened. It's not depression. Maybe something else that happened. But if you know your brain, then you know what's wrong and then you can act upon. Well, I personally, you know, what I do and what I tell people to do is if, if you really want to start somewhere, especially when it comes to brain health, ask yourself, you know, it's a very powerful question. And I think if we ask the hard questions, we get somewhere. Easy questions is not going to get us anywhere. I think if we do hard things in a daily life, it's easy. 
And the opposite is also true. So always ask yourself, before you do anything stupid, or I won't say stupid, right, but anything not worthy, ask yourself, is this good for my brain? And of course, when you ask a powerful question to yourself, you force your frontal lobes to come up with a decision, to come up with, with um, a dispute of what is right and what is wrong. And, and you don't have a choice, but your frontal lobes is really going to come up with the information. So in that state, I think we all just have to sit down, ask ourselves these important questions. How will this serve me? And why is this important to me? And you're going to come up with reasons as to why it is important to you. And then if it doesn't trigger you, then you're not motivated enough. Then you're not disciplined and focused enough. But I think that's a starting point of everyone to start understanding how your brain works, how your body works, how these two intertwine, and how you can eventually make this habitual. I think if we take small actions, rituals daily, those becomes habitual after a period of time. If you do that with frequency in your discipline on a daily basis, it becomes unconscious behavior. And then you don't have to go out of your way to make things happen. It just happened. The beautiful thing about beautiful habits is there's no debate whether something is right or wrong. You just go out and you do it. That's your habits. That's the unconscious programs. But I think it starts with the unconscious incompetence. People don't know what they do know. And then eventually they move up the ladder. Then they start knowing what they do know. And then they make the familiar, unfamiliar, super familiar. And that becomes unconscious programming. And then you just move on. And I think another key element for me i would say is awareness awareness is the ultimate key to open so many doors having that initial awareness that if i'm going to do something now how is that going to affect me now and how is that going to affect me later most people look for a short-term solution but the long-term effects is critical especially when it comes to nutrients right when whatever you do today not doesn't reflect necessary tomorrow 10 years down the line you can start Question yourself, but I don't understand. You know, I stopped drinking 10 years ago. I stopped smoking 10 years ago. I stopped my bad habits five years ago. And I find myself in a position I'm overweight. I can't get rid of this obesity. That's because of those habits we so often cultivate on a daily basis way back then. That's how we damage our brain, our bodies. Some of these stuff is not repairable instantly. It has to be consistency in your daily activity. Can you talk a little bit about actually the gut biome and the gut and the element of the gut brain axis with gut health as it can relate to, because I know you do program with children and, and anxiety and ADHD and elements like that, how it actually can exacerbate those psychological symptoms that they'll want to put you on more medications or drugs for based on the fact that it's your physical body that is just not healthy or even stimulating the brain towards negative brain health. I think, you know, the more we avoid, the more we have to avoid um, avoid the avoidance is a, is a big thing that most people do when there's awareness in knowing what you know, understanding that whatever I put in my body is going to re reflect in my brain is going, to, is going to be evident in all areas of my life. Now, whatever you eat, I mean, you know the gut very well. The, you know, 95%, for example, of your serotonin is in your gut, for example. But people don't know that. Could you Dopamine, say that one more time? People think that your brain is creating this mess, but where does serotonin production begin? Please tell me this. I love this. 95% of your entire body's serotonin is, find, is found in your gut. Mm -hmm. so That's, if you're depressed, where can we fix it? Fix, start with your gut, right? Mm -hmm. So whatever you feed yourself, where's that nutrients going to? Where's that stuff going to? Where does your brain get its energy from? Where does your brain get its nutrients from? It doesn't come from the air. It doesn't come from, from your fingertips. It comes from the gut, right? Now, the, the integrated nervous system 
and the peripheral nervous system is connected through the vagus nerve with your ANS. Longest so, cranial nerve in your body. Tell them goes for those that don't know what the vagus nerve is. The vagus nerve is the longest nerve. It's the it's the wandering nerve. They call it the wandering nerve too. It it's huge. It connects everything, all your internal organs with one another through the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is also the captain of the parasympathetic nervous system. And now we can go one step back and say, what is this, the ANS? Man, the ANS is your entire being. That, that's your brain waves. That's your entire state of being comes from your, your nervous system, your autonomic nervous system. And there's two branches in the autonomic nervous system. There's the sympathetic and there's the parasympathetic nervous system. And we need to find a midline between the two of those to have a great life, to live in harmony, to live with passion and you know to live in a state of flow. And if the sympathetic nervous system is deactivated, you're gonna live in a state of anxiety, you're gonna live in a state of fear, you're gonna have other problems with your body, you're gonna become sick, you're gonna head for disease, you know, you, you, you're not gonna be okay at the end of the day. So you need to fix your gut first, be very cautious of what you put in your body because what you put in your body is gonna feed your brain. And your brain is gonna be the reflection of what you put in your body. So you're gonna behave appropriately, accordingly to what you put in your body. The vagus nerve, people get sick, um, they get spasm, they, you know, the nervous system causes us to produce all these hormones, adrenaline, et cetera, et cetera. And now we become um, anxious, we become frightened, whatever these low energy emotions are. And if we can't get rid of those energy at the moment when, when we in this state of behavior of anxiety and low energy emotions, that energy is going to end up in our muscle. We're going to have tension. We're going to become sick. It's inflammation. Inflammation is the root cause of most problems. And it starts in the gut as well. I believe in the Pomodoro effect. Pomodoro effect, you know, it's the... It's the the learning curve, the forgetting curve, rather, I would say. But how we learn is in 25-minute uh, cycles is the recency and primacy. The brain has a tendency to, to memorize everything in the beginning and everything at the end. And if there's a lot of information in, in the middle, it's a lot of information to, to lose. Mm -hmm. So I believe in that do everything I do and it comes to know the information within 25-minute cycles. And our brain waves is who we are. If we stay in a certain brain wave and a brain pattern, that's who we will be long-term. It becomes habitual over a period of time. And then I believe we have to take enough courses or sleep throughout the day because the only time that we can really consolidate any information, when we sleep, our brains go to work. So sleeping in pauses is very important throughout the day or as much as you can um, take pauses frequently so your brain can consolidate those information. And when we sleep, our brains go to, to work and also it shrinks. So now it can get rid of all those plaque amyloids in the brain, cleans the brain, all the toxins. And now we refresh in the morning, we stand up and now we can go and act upon. When we think a thought, for example, the brain, a biochemical reaction happens in the brain. The brain's purpose then is to protect us and to monitor everything that goes on inside and outside of the brain. So then by having a thought, the brain produces a chemical equivalent to the way you think, that level of thinking. It sends it down your spine or transmits it down your spine as a neurotransmitter. Now you feel the way you think. And then now feeling becomes the means of thinking. And if you can't think higher than your feeling, you're trapped within that loop. And now you hardwire those programs. Now your body is now the mind and your brain is the observer of the mind. So now we need to pull the mind out of the body. And that's 95% of who we are. That's why it's so hard for people to change. 
because what we did yesterday, we're going to do tomorrow. We've done that over and over. That's our perceived perception of the world out there. Um, you know, we're conditioned to think and feel a certain way. And that becomes hardwired programs, neurologically uh, programmed in the brain, patterned in the brain. So I think for people to become aware of their own thinking, make sure you, you, you think higher than your feelings. Because when we think a thought, that chemical that goes down your spine is a feeling. And the more we feel a certain way, the more the brain produces that same chemical to make us think the way we feel. And now we hardwire that process. And with that process then becomes a specific behavior. And those behaviors then, this long end is, is a specific memory. Now, I think the real work then starts for most people is to, to realize your emotions is, is key because when we don't deal with our emotions, it becomes a mood. A mood becomes a, a temperament, a temperament becomes a personality trait. So I think the real work for most people is then to, to tune in and understand your emotions is gonna, is gonna manipulate you. Your emotions is gonna be the dictator of your life. To break this down, I think, and to simplify this, um, know this information, become competent of how your brain works how your brain works, you can work your brain. And I don't say anyone need to become a neuroscientist or a psychologist or whatever that is for so many people, but just inform yourself, just become educated. And when you do so, then you become aware of this thinking, feeling loop and what the end result of a thought alone is. How do you do that? How do you navigate through? Because you have so many people that are still achieving that element in self. And I believe that there's a balance between the headspace and this cosmic subconscious realm. And initially with much of my research doing a concussion book and really understanding my left brains and mind loves, the linear processing is safe, right? We have points, touch points. It's very, it makes us feel good. It's very certain. And so much of the study on the brain can be very science-based and certain. And then all of a sudden stepping into the feelings as messaging signals to us and the subconscious and the Carl Jung, I was like, oh my gosh, has everything up to this point been false? Am I wrong? Have I been pushing? But then now understanding how the two merge and the understanding element and the benefits of having a little bit of the linear processing and those tools and techniques to navigate like a compass through the dark cave or through the forest as you're saying, oh, I see this. You know, it resonates with me. It and that's the beauty help. that being that autotelic personality, right? We create an experience within experience. And when you go through that tunnel that you just mentioned, that dark space, it's in those moments that we become aware of who we are. And when we face those challenges in the moment, then we realize the process is a given. It's a gift because in the process, we become that amazingness, that unthinkable human being. And I think that's beautiful. More people should realize that sometimes the process is with so much more than the actual end result. By enjoying the moments within the moment, you become, you, you see life in a very different way.